to the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me on Twitter at RunDFF. And I'm here with my good buddy Jeff Roby, who I'm going to eventually coerce into joining the fantasy football Twitter sphere. But for now, you'll just have to tune in here to catch his thoughts. Tonight, we're going to go over all the biggest news of the weekend and discuss how things will shake out for week one and beyond. How are you doing on this lovely Sunday evening, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. It's the first weekend of college football. Next weekend is the first weekend of NFL football. I'm as excited as Georgia State fans are about upsetting the Volunteers. I'm as excited about Mike Mayock as finding a helmet for AB. It's the start of football season, baby. Let's get <laughs> well, into it. Tennessee this. one. That was. <laughs> I can't believe there were some big upsets yesterday. It was fun to watch. It was fun, fun. But I'm really stoked for NFL football, man. You know, that's I'm a I'm a pro guy. I want to see it, see what happens, what shakes out. So, uh, you know, if you want to, let's just get on into this, man. Let's do it. All right, well, let's get let's get to the rundown. Look, there was a lot of stuff going on over the weekend. Of course, it was a big weekend with uh, cut downs, a couple big trades happening. Um, let's jump into the big one. A lot of people were wondering what's going on with uh, that LaShawn McCoy move, how it affects Buffalo, how it affects Kansas City. You know, I think we're looking at a big change in Buffalo, obviously. We got uh, Gore, who is technically the first stringer, but I think everyone is looking at uh, Devin Singletary and seeing what they can get out of him, what he's going to provide. I think we're looking at someone who, if he can surpass Gore and hold off Yeldon, that could be a high-end RB2, RB1 kind of, low-end RB1 kind of guy. Uh, you got any thoughts about that, Jeff? Oh, I'm right there with you. I think uh, we're going to find out what Buffalo has. I'm a big Allen fan, so I think he's going to be running the ball like he did last year. A little shocker, buddy. But we're also looking at where we're going to have a Gore. I think, you know, he's always been pounding the ball. He did good when he was with Indy last year. Singletary, he's going to be the one that breaks out. It's his, it's his to kind of, like, take over. So we'll see how that works out. But I'm, I am not sold on the, the Bills' backfield. I think stay away right now. Don't put any of them on your team. Let's just, let's just see how that plays out throughout the season. You know, I don't know about not putting him on the team. I just don't know if you can count on him in week one. I mean, I definitely think Singletary is a high, high ceiling guy that you can at least put on the back of your roster. You know, hang on, hang him on the bench there. And, you know, if he shows something in the first couple of weeks, you may end up getting a flex starter. So. Sure. That, that's a, that definitely, you know, you know how rookies are. You can always, you never know which way they're going to go. Right, so right. With, with Singletary, he is going to be that guy that, that, you could put there, you get him. If you're still the guy trying to draft this week, maybe you get him late. If if he's out there on the waiver wire, maybe you jump in. But right now, just maybe sit and wait and let's see how it goes. That I don't, for me, I'm not playing him week one. Well, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so let's talk about the team that McCoy ended up on. And if you're as confused about uh, Buffalo as it sounds like, I can't imagine that you're feeling too great about uh, KC. With Damian Williams, who we all thought was going to be the incumbent, and Darwin Thompson picking up a little slack on the backside, maybe picking up some, you know, a few touches here and there. But now McCoy's in the mix, and everyone knows the Andy Reid connection. Is he a threat? What's going on in that backfield now? What do you think? Okay, so so here's how I felt. A couple of days ago, I was feeling fantastic. I was feeling like Damian Williams, for me, a pick I got in the fifth round was a win. However... I'm not feeling so good right now. Carlos Hyde leaves. I feel good. LaShawn McCoy, Shady himself, the man that just can do it all, for me, has always been a guy that I go to. But now he's on a team where I didn't want him to go to. So now he's over there. He's going to be stealing it. 
He's stealing from Williams. He's stealing from Thompson. This is not making me feel good. I do not feel good about this at all. I like Damian Williams. I think he's going to ball out, but I don't know what they're going to do now with McCoy on the team. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, so I was listening to I, I listened to a couple guys uh, at FF Stompy. He's one of those guys. Everyone knows him from the uh, the Scott Fishbowl. He was a champion last year, but he had this quick little stat, and I liked it because I am a Damian Williams guy. And he was talking about uh, RB1s with Andy Reid. And uh, he said over the course of Andy Reid's career, there, his RB1 has averaged 204 carries. His RB2 only 73. So we're talking about a, a bell cow kind of, you know, 65, 70% uh share there and then he also said that, you know he said rb1 his targets because he likes the you know the andy reed offense likes to pass to the to the running back 73 targets a year and the rb2 only 28 so you're not talking about a situation where andy reed likes to split carries i think we're going to know pretty quickly who the man is and who's going to be able, who you're going to feel good about putting into your lineup he just likes a bell cow so but anyways moving on how about Melvin Gordon? I know he he and Zeke have been the talk of the offseason. We're going to get to Zeke in a little while because uh, we got some more things to, to discuss with him. But uh, Melvin Gordon, they they granted him a trade. Do we actually think that he can be moved? And who do we think he might go to if he can find someone and if the Chargers can get some compensation that they are willing to take? What do you think, Jeff? Well, so I think I, I think it's a maybe. All right, but uh, but the really the question is who, who's out there? You're right. You know, I picked out a couple teams I think people might be might be thinking about. I'm thinking about. Let let's start with the team we already mentioned, Buffalo. Okay, and, and first, he's an upgrade right now over Frank Gore. He's an upgrade right now over Singletary. But and, and you think about McCoy, they didn't let McCoy go for nothing. And, but the thing is, is that you automatically bring in Gordon. He's an upgrade. And he's a long-term possibility. So maybe Buffalo. But uh, I just don't see. I just don't see that option right now. Let's stay with another team up northeast. Here's one to shock you: New England. Okay, Sonny Michelle. One might say, no way Michelle had 931 yards last season in a team that doesn't typically feature a superstar running back. Yet New England drafted Harris in the third round this year. And reports are that New England expressed some concern about Michelle receiving ability and his past injuries. So I just don't know, but but Gordon Gordon has injury concerns himself too. So I don't see New England really spending capital on this particular move. So I mean, Gordon championship or money? What do you think? You know, I just I don't know, Jeff. You mentioned. New England and you know the Buffalo thing that's that's out there I hadn't heard that one yet it's uh interesting uh, it may work if they're if they're really thinking a win now but the New England thing I don't think they kind of spend that money and to me Melvin Gordon's already on a championship quality roster it's a money grab for him I think he's trying to get paid he's he's an older running back going into his fifth year option it's it's kind of a bad situation, whereas if you've got someone who's drafted in the second, third round, they're only playing four years, and then they're getting a new contract. He's He was a first-rounder, which you know sounds great until you're on that fifth-year option, and you're only getting paid $5 million trying to get a long-term contract, and you got five years of tread on you. So I don't think he can go to New England just because I don't see how they pay him. You know, I don't see 
how Belichick rationalizes it. You know, he's the quickest one to move on, and they just drafted two running backs, a first-rounder and then another third-rounder this year. So they've got they've got a lot of depth with with uh, Michelle Harris. You've got Burkhead still on the roster, James White. I mean, it's deep, and that's just the big four. Uh, I don't know, but I'll tell you a team that I'm thinking, and I think a lot of people were looking, looking that direction, is Tampa Bay. I think Bruce Arians needs a well-rounded running back. He doesn't have that right now. He, heck, I don't even know if he has a running back that anybody would want to start in any situation around the NFL. He's got Peyton Barber, you know, whatever, man. He's a, he's a jag. It is what it is. He's got Rojo, who right now looks like a bust. I mean, that man cannot run. I drafted him in a, in a dynasty league last year, rookie, sixth, sixth pick overall. I am pissed right now about that pick. It, it's terrible. It, it is not working out. I mean, it's just another roster spot being tied up. And then they got that uh, that young guy, Ogumba Wale, I think is how you pronounce the name, Dare Ogumba Wale. I'm not positive. I'm not sure that I've heard two people say it the same way. You know, he's he's what uh, Arians is going to say. He's his third down back. You know, he's going to be out there. He's a great pass catcher. I think he had 60 catches in, the, in his last two seasons in college. So he's got the, the chops to catch balls. You know, I think we're looking at a situation where right now they're in a complete split. But if he could get one guy, and maybe it's Melvin Gordon, if he can get that one guy that can carry the load and doesn't – doesn't uh, – telegraph the offense to the D, you know, as they get out there. I think that's someone that could do it. So what do you think about Tampa Bay? Yeah, that's a real good one there in Tampa Bay. Now, I don't want him in the NFC South, but, uh, but yeah, that's a definitely a good landing spot for him there. I think he would pair go Winston. Let me tell you, let me throw one more out there for you. All right, San Francisco. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> all right, it's interesting how San Francisco really feels about Coleman and Breida. All right, McKinnon was supposed to be the franchise back, but obviously that's not the case. And Gordon could present an opportunity to nab a top back for the long haul if they think the price is right. So again, it's one of those situations where they're they're in the they're in the NFC West. He stays there in California. You bring him up there. I think they have the trade cap. I'd have to look into that, but I think. I think it's a good opportunity if if Tampa Bay doesn't work out. I think you're right on Tampa Bay. But bottom line is this. I think Gordon is either going to sign his tag or he's going to wait until a significant bat goes down for a team who's looking to win today and pay to do it. So that's my thoughts on that. But, you know, let's talk about another running back out there. You know, I let's talk about Carlos Hyde going to to Houston. OK, Um Hyde is is depth. He has been among the least efficient running backs over the last two years. I, I don't read into the fact that they traded for Hyde in Houston. I, I don't see – I think Duke Johnson is going to be the man there. I think that's the, that's the way it's going to be. I think you stay with Duke Johnson. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that Hyde is on the back end of his, his career. He's been super inefficient. Uh, you know, it may cut into Duke Johnson's work a little bit, but we all knew who they were going to bring in somebody. You know, and bringing in a veteran like Hyde – it's just a depth piece. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm a Duke jo- Johnson owner, and I am, I drafted him in, in a league uh, last weekend, I still feel pretty good about it because, in my opinion, if, if they wanted to bring in someone significant to cut into Duke Johnson's role, I don't think it would be someone like Carlos Hyde. I think they'd be looking bigger. So for them to bring him in, they fill that roster out. They drop Crockett. Oh, everybody's love child from the preseason. Uh, they drop Crockett. So now – 
you've got a situation where Carlos Hyde can move into that change of pace, you know, kind of a bruiser guy. So he may be down. He may be getting some of those goal line carries. But I think Duke Johnson is the man to own in that backfield. I'd feel comfortable with him as a low-end RB2, high-end flex kind of, kind of guy that you can really count on to put in your roster week in and week out because he's going to catch passes. I know everyone talks about how Watson hasn't hasn't thrown to the running back, and I'm not going to say he's CMC, but Cam Newton never threw to the running back either until he got a, a true receiving back like like Christian McCaffrey. And now, I mean, we're all looking at Christian McCaffrey as a 100-catch guy, you know, and I don't know that Duke Johnson will catch that many, but would anybody be surprised if he caught 50, 70 balls this year? So if he catches that, if he has that kind of work in the passing game and he's getting 175, 200 touches, that's a that's a really solid player. So, you know, barring any bad health for Duke Johnson, I wouldn't wish any, any injuries on any player. I think Carlos Hyde is basically insignificant. He's just a guy, and we're not going to see much from him. You know, we might see a game or two here and there. But I'm not moving on Carlos Hyde for anything. He he has no space on a roster for me. So when you when you look when you talk about Houston, I mean it's been all over the place right now. And a lot of that because maybe they got it. They don't have a GM. Maybe the head coach is working that out right now. He's trying to figure it out. But there's trades going all over the place right now in Houston. Uh, overall, what do you think about the most recent trade? You know, I like this recent trade for a win now Houston team. I know they gave up a lot of picks. To, to get Tunsil and Stills, but that's an that's an O line that was really struggling, and to bring in one of the best left tackles in the game, and then to add another deep threat for Watson who loves to push the ball downfield, I think it's nothing but good for that uh, Houston offense. You know, I don't know how it's going to affect the wide receiving core. Not not Hopkins, he's going to get his, but I think there's definitely something to talk about with Will Fuller. So to me, I mean Watson's a baller. And will continue as long as as he has Hopkins. But let's face it, Fuller is just like his draft wide receiver peer group. Dawson Trewell, he hasn't lived up to the hype. He he is not going to be the guy for me. So I think that's a big reason why you got Steels coming in. And I think wide receiver three, flex play, that's the big one. And you know what? Bringing Tunsil in for Miami, also a big win. Because now you're going to help that struggling line, and you're going to get Watson and uh, huge opportunities there. And you're going to be able to go to free up steals over the slot, or wide receiver number two there. I think it's a good opportunity for both of those players coming to Houston, making a big impact today. And and Miami, they lost out on this one. So You know, I don't know. Look, I know you said that Will Fuller's in the same vein as Treadwell and Doxon. I don't agree, man. When he, the only problem with him is he hadn't been on, been able to stay on the field. When he's been on the field, he's been a monster. He had that huge campaign a couple years ago during Watson's rookie year, where he was lighting it up with big catches and touchdowns. And then last year he was solid. He just, you know, got injured and back on the back on IR. And so I think we're looking at a Fuller that can really push. Except that I agree. Stills is going to take some of those targets away. He's a very similar player. He's a streaker. He wants to get down the field. He's got those wheels. So I don't know that Fuller is going to hit his ceiling that we all thought he could. But, you know, all in all, Watson is the guy. Watson is the man who got the biggest benefit out of all this. I mean, he couldn't ask for more than to get a solid left tackle and another option in the passing game, especially with Kiki Kuti really struggling to stay healthy. 
So between Fuller and QT's injury history, Stills is a great add for that offense. Yeah, certainly. And I say just as much as Houston's winning here, Miami's losing. So you got you you take away Seals, you got uh, Tunsil gone. I mean, it's a it's a disaster there, in Miami. I mean, what are you what are what are your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, here Rosen is, and he's he came in to the NFL into Arizona's offense, and that that line was atrocious. I mean, just horrible. Gets beat up, sacked over and over again. He's it's like he's laying down like a two dollar prostitute. Every time you turn around, he's on his back. And I just don't know that that he's moving into any better situation, especially now that they got rid of their best offensive lineman. I mean, what are they thinking? It doesn't make any sense. If you're building for the future, why are you moving your best offensive lineman? Now, it looks like they're going to start Fitzpatrick, which makes no sense to me. You, you just traded a second rounder to get this guy. You want to find out what he has, and then you sit him for the old man that no one is ever going to build a roster around. But I'll tell you who who really benefits. You know, Stills is gone, and now you've got to find a wide receiver. And I'm not a Devonte Parker guy. I, I'm out on him. I was in for a while. You can you can have him. Anybody out there, you give me anything for Devonte Parker, he's yours. But Albert Wilson and Preston Williams, that's two names that I want to talk about. Preston Williams has been the the camp darling. He's been lighting it up. He's had a great great training camp. And then Wilson who I'm not sure that he's going to be a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. But if he gets any sort of volume, I think he could be a decent flex play on a week-to-week basis in a full PPR league. What do you think, man? Nope. Albert Wilson, here's a message to you. You just won Slumdog Millionaire Lottery. I'm telling you, it's great. You're a wide receiver number one. And you woke up and you found out the only jersey you have in your closet is a Dolphins jersey. There ain't nobody there going to throw you the ball. Hey, the real winner here was Sales. We picked that up. Wilson is a wide receiver that will see solid targets and and playing behind. So he's worth a flyer, but don't expect anything more than a situational play depending on who they're playing against. Now, if they're going to be playing against New England, hey, put them in there. They're going to throw the ball because they're always going to be playing from behind. If they're going to be playing... Buffalo, no, pass, okay? And that's the same kind of goes with Preston Williams. Preston Williams is still behind Wilson and Parker on the depth chart. So to me, it's, it's keep it in check, figure out, kind of see how this goes throughout the year. But right now, pass. Unless you're in some deep or keeper leagues for, for Williams, but right now I'm, I'm staying all the way away from Miami. It is not a place for me. Is no, I'm not putting anybody on my team from them. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Honestly, it's not one of those situations that anybody's going to run and grab. Their running back situation's a a murky mess right now. And, uh, yeah, that wide receiver core, it's not going to instill any confidence. You're not going to look at that and go, wow, at any point. So, speaking of players that you really don't want to roster right now, let's talk about some of these injuries, man. Whew, there's been some big ones, some big things that have happened around the league that have really affected uh, what we're talking about here. And, Let's get to San Fran. I know we mentioned their running back situation. Now, I know you really like Melvin Gordon to go there. It'd be, be a great fit. But if he's not there, you know, we're looking at a situation where McKinnon is out. He's back to the ER or to the IR. He might as well be the ER, right? But that man can't stay healthy. You know, everyone thought he was going to be the man. Now you've got Coleman. They brought him in and you got Matt Breida. What are we thinking? I mean, does Matt Breida move up? Is he somebody you feel confident about? 
do you want Tevin Coleman on your roster after what he did last year in Atlanta? Kind of disappointing. Uh, is there anything that really instills some confidence that you really want to move forward with off of that backfield? No, but that just makes the case for for Gordon even more, right? See, listen, Brita, moving up. Brita is is not the man in San Francisco, and he has the same problem I do. He's his his size matters, and and at least in San Francisco it does. He's five foot eight, 180 pounds, and he has he has that whole. He has it just ain't working out for him. And yeah, to me, he stayed banged up last year. He's banged up. It's it's not a good situation. I don't think that Breed is the man that's going to carry the load, though. I think it's a running back by committee situation if they don't go out and grab somebody. So I stay away from Breed. I stay away from Coleman um, unless you got to put somebody in as a flex. And then you're really just flipping a coin. So to me, find somebody else. Yeah, I don't blame you. At their ADP, it's a little too expensive for me as well. Uh, you know, if they fell and fell and fell, sure, but I don't feel great about it. So let's speak, speak to another guy. We got Deshaun Jackson. He broke his finger the uh, week or so ago and, uh, they feel that, you know, everybody's talking in Philly like it's fine. I don't know. I've had a broken finger before. Try to catch. Don't do it. I don't understand how he's going to catch a ball with a broken finger and feel great about it out there. Uh, to me, I'm out on Deshaun Jackson. I want nothing to do with him. He's always been up and down. He's hard to choose when he wants to play. In best ball, great, but no, no, I'm out. How about you, man? Look, Deshaun can run. The boy can outright fly. He's still got any he, – hey, he's above 30, but that don't mean he can't run. The guy can flat out fly. And I think that's why they really kind of looking at him in, in, in Philly. So he can catch the ball. He's he's proven that. So the hands ain't gone away yet. He, maybe he has a broken finger. Something that's going to heal quickly. Now, to me, if you're sitting here right now and you're about to draft tomorrow or the next day, if, you know, Tuesday at the latest, you're going to find yourself saying to Sean Jackson, quality round nine, good pickup, huge upside because everybody's staying away from him. Let him sit. Everybody's staying away. Pick him up, and you're going to have somebody who's going to be able to come off the bench and play for you. Probably even put into a flex play. I think he's still a good play. I've always been a Deshaun Jackson fan. I think he's a good play. Uh, pick him now when you have a chance. Put him as your first wide receiver that's going to sit on your bench. Yeah, you know that's fine. I, I just don't want anything to do with him because I don't want to try and pick the week that he's going to score the big play. And then another week he's going to sit there on my, on my, my bench, and he might get nothing. So, which is pretty similar to another player who's banged up, and we got a couple guys on this team. Uh, we're, we're going out to Seattle. Let's talk about the rookie Metcalf and David Moore. A lot of people were projecting a, a breakout for David Moore, and then uh, he gets banged up, you know, fractures his arm. He's probably out for a few weeks now, and he got Metcalf, who had the knee surgery. Out of the blue, no one knew anything about it, and then they're announcing he's having a minor knee surgery. You know, nothing crazy. He's going to he, – I, he might play this week. I'm not sure. But if he doesn't, a player that anybody that out there that needs desperate help, you're in a super deep league, 14, 16 teams, and you need someone that maybe you have to plug into the flex, Gary Jennings Jr., man, he's going to have opportunity. In a Russell Wilson offense, they're not going to throw 600 times, but he's going to put the ball in the air, and he, and he can throw touchdowns. Russell Wilson has had an incredible touchdown rate in his career, so someone's got to catch. And I know Tyler Lockett's out there, but you got to have someone else. 
And it doesn't look like they're going to throw a ton to the running backs. I know they've been talking about getting more targets to Carson, and Penny's looked okay. I mean, I like Penny this year, but if you're looking for a, a back-end wide receiver that you just have to have somebody, I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to be something great, but Gary Jennings Jr. is going to have something. And then another guy a lot of people have questions about for week one is Cam Newton. You know, how's his foot? Is it going to affect his gameplay? Because everyone knows that that to get fantasy points with Cam Newton, he's got to be able to run. And if he's not running, then you're probably stuck with a back end, you know, a low end QB two instead of a high end to mid QB one. You know, I I want to see how his foot is. We haven't seen much. We don't know what he's going to be able to do. If he's going to be able to cut, if he's even going to pull the ball and run, or if he's just going to throw it away. You know, let's find out this week. Any thoughts on Cam Newton, man? Okay, I don't think anybody in the NFL is more scared than the Carolina Panthers front office right now. Okay, Cam Newton, that's their man. I think they thought back in in May they had a guy that could come in and and play in Will Greer. Will Greer showed nothing in the preseason. I'm surprised he's still on the team right now. Okay, I think they're at a position right now where they're just going to say, hey, listen, if, if, if Cam Newton goes down, just give Christian McCaffrey the ball and let him run all over the place, okay? Put him in behind center. Don't give Will Greer the ball. But my thing is is that they're, they're worried. I'm worried for those people out there that have Cam Newton on their team. You better have a second quarterback. To me, Cam Newton is that team. That's the that's how they're going to live and die this season by Cam Newton. So, yeah, honestly, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think Yeah, I, I don't think that you're wrong there at all. I think Cam Newton is – is the the soul of that team. If he's gone, they're done. They're looking at a top five pick. So right now, I don't think there's any threat that he's going to miss, you know, all the season. But I think there's some questions about how he can perform. All right, so speaking of foot and feet, I don't want to get into too much of that Rex Ryan stuff, but how about Amari Cooper? And, uh, you know, he's got that plantar fasciitis issue. I've had it before. It sucks. It feels like someone's tearing the bottom of your foot up, just pulling it apart. I can't imagine cutting feels great. I'm a straight line runner, so I don't understand how he even is attempting to play with this plantar fasciitis. But uh, are you staying away or are you feeling okay about him? No, I'm staying away. I'm staying away unless you have to put him into a flex play right now because the man can still fly. The man can still probably take one step in and go up the seam and then cut into the post or something like that. But he ain't going out and doing a two or three cuts like he might need to do, and, and it's not going to work out. So, And also the fact that if the Cowboys re-sign Zeke this week, if, if so, then I definitely say wait a week. Wait until the Cowboys get down the road. And, and plus, the Cowboys have the Giants. And we'll talk about that later. But they're going to be way up on the Giants, and they're going to be passing the ball. So stay away from Amari Cooper this weekend. He's not going to be a big help for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I'm scared scared to play him. So, And I, you know, I only got one final injury. It's a big one. It's a huge one. Graham Gano. Yeah, I know, guys. It's a kicker. Get a new kicker. Move on. It doesn't matter. So I know you just mentioned Zeke a minute ago. and Let's talk about some players that we're going to move off this injury stuff. It's negative enough. And let's just talk about how some situations are unfolding. Players that we can keep an eye on this week. And uh, and into the weekend, seeing how it affects the the depth charts. And so let's talk about Zeke and Tony Pollard. I know Tony Pollard has been the big ad. He's been the the big late round pick for people, whether they own Zeke or not. I got him in a league. 
you know, our buddy Trey that we play with, he picked up Zeke. I picked up Tony Pollard. Was feeling really good. Was talking some trash. Now it looks like Zeke and the Cowboys are really moving forward on a deal. They, something might be finalized early this week. Man, I, I don't know. I think that we're uh, I think we're looking at a situation where Tony Pollard is going to end up being waiver wire fodder pretty quickly, unless someone just really wants to hold on to that flyer. He did look good in the preseason, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, you know, if Zeke signs. Tony Pollard's a man. He's whatever. Because Zeke is going to get all the work. But two guys that I think we really do need to talk about, and we'll just touch on it for a few minutes here. Not even a few minutes because it won't take that long. Is Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. You know, we talked about the Gordon situation and him moving on potentially. Uh, the way it played out last year, Eckler had the standalone value when Gordon was there. But once Gordon went down, he just couldn't carry the load. And Justin Jackson turned in a a great end of the season performance looked like he could be a a real three down back carry the load maybe Eckler stays in his same role as a change of pace pass catcher and Justin Jackson takes over what was the Melvin Gordon role any thoughts on that before we move on oh I, I like Eckler I think I think he's definitely a pickup for this week I think the same with Tony Pollard you can't if you don't have him Right now, then understand. But if they're on your team and you you need to have them handcuffed, so that's that's definitely the pick. So I'm good with both of those guys right now as handcuffs. Otherwise, I'd say stay away. There's just too much, uh, too many different things going on there. There's a lot better options that you could pick up. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on to the next player on our list, and that player is Marlon Mack. You know, Andrew Luck drops the bomb, gets out, you know, leaves the NFL. And there's a lot of questions about that offense, and a lot of people have moved into the the Marlon Mack conversation of what are we thinking about him? Are we still feeling good about him as a back-end RB1 or a high-end RB2? I think I know your answer, Jeff, but go ahead and tell the, tell the people. Marlon Mack, RB1, straight up, okay? Look, if you were sitting on your couch, if you were doing something last weekend— and your phone did not blow up when Luck retired, uh, then you kind of know where you fall out in the hierarchy of your friends group, okay? Because your friends were not the ones including you on probably the biggest football news of the, the this century, okay? That's crazy. But this actually helps Marlon Mack. To me, I think that Marlon Mack is going to be the guy who gets the carries. He's going to be the guy that gets those good dump passes that uh, Brissett's going to have to give up to him because he's going to be carrying the ball and then he's going to be catching the ball and he's just going to be running. And that's just, I think Marlon Mack is your RB1. For me, he's a still, if you're still trying to go in out there and draft an RB in the third or fourth round and he's there, grab him. If not, play him this week and continue to play him because he's going to keep picking you up points. Yeah, you know, the only thing I'm afraid of, and I like Marlon Mack, all right. I don't think there's much to push him as far as uh, depth behind but I do have a, a little a little hesitancy because what we saw last year was when the Colts were leading by eight or more, that's when he got his production. 70% of his production came while they were up big. And I'm not sure that Jacoby Brissett is going to lead this team to big victories. Or I think they're going to spend a lot of time in real tight games or even trailing. And that terrifies me. I, you know, I think he could do it. 
but I don't feel great about it. And I think there are some other options around if you're still going to draft around that third, you know, third rounder. The fourth I feel good about, but in that third rounder, I'd feel better about some other players. All right, so look, we've talked a whole lot about running backs and wide receivers. We have not even touched on tight ends. And I know there's one out there that you just love. It's a guy from Oakland. Everyone has been talking about him. I'm not sure what his role is, but you seem to like him a lot. Tell me about Darren Waller, man. Hey, if you wanna if you want a story to be told on 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 TV, Darren Waller's your guy. All right, this guy comes in. He's got a drug addiction problem once, twice over. He's a, he's he's had a bad he's had a bad run of luck. Okay, and his own personal problems. Right, so. Look, he's coming to an opportunity. He's here in Oakland. He did well at the very end of last year. He started picking it up there. So, and then you see, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, hey, John Gruden's big on this guy. Cooks was a stud last year, but he's gone. And that leaves Waller as the man to receive a heavy load. Oakland's tight ends. And here's some stats for you. 124 targets, 85 receptions for 1,036 yards, and 10 of 19 touchdowns. If he can just get 60% of that, he moves up to a tight end one category. Yes, they got Antonio Brown. They got Tyrell Williams. They got Josh Jacobs. And those are going to cut into the targets that Cook had. But Waller isn't no rookie. He knows how to play. He knows how to go out there and scrap. This is my huge sleeper candidate. And you should put him on your bench right now and watch. Later on in the season, he's going to be your guy that's going to that's going to get you 10-plus points in a tight end position each and every week. Yeah, I like that call. You know, here's a guy who, in a PPR situation, he's going to get targets. He's going to get some volume. There's just nothing else there. And, you know, Derek Carr has always liked throwing to the tight end. So you've got a situation where you could find some real value late in a draft. Uh, you know, there's some there's some leagues where he might be available on the waiver wire. Now let me let me flip it on you. Here's another guy that got a lot of targets last year. And Njoku, David Njoku from the Browns. Now, I like the Browns. I think the Browns are going to win the AFC North. I think they, they're, they're just a, they're a great all-around team. And Njoku last year finished with the second most targets on that team. It ain't happening this year, okay? Barring injury, Beckham and Landry are locks to receive more looks than Njoku. It's just a, like right now, I think that there's no way Njoku sees anything close to what he sees last, last year. I think if if he isn't on your team, then you probably did a good job staying away from him. Uh, but uh, if he's out there and you're looking for an opportunity, don't trade for him. Don't be tempted by him because of what he did last year. Um, Beckham and Landry are going to get those picks. They're ball hogs, and and, and Baker Maker is going to win uh, win him some games this year. And he's going to do that on the backs of Beckham and Landry, uh, and that's just how it's going to be, not in Joko. You know, I'm in lockstep with you on this whole uh, AFC North championship call. I think they're the best team in the North. They're just a, a, they've got a loaded roster. You know, Baker Mayfield can stay, take a step forward. Doesn't even have to be a huge step. Just cuts back on a few of those uh, interceptions he threw last year. And that team, that offense is going to be stupendous. And I'm not a big Njoku guy. I just think his opportunity, like you said, is just not there. So I'd, I, at his ADP, I'm out. I don't want anything to do with him. It's just a scary situation. You're looking at a guy who doesn't really command a lot of volume. A freak athlete, but 
you're not going to get the kind of volume that you want out of a high-end tight end. And where you're having to take him, you're expecting some pretty good tight end numbers. All right, so look, we've covered a lot of players here. We've gone over a lot. It's been a big weekend. But what we haven't done, we haven't talked about any defenses. And I know there's some team, some leagues out there that don't play with D anymore. but And I don't play with the D. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe you do, Jeff. But, hey, you, uh, said it. you said it. Hey, I was letting yeah, you have that just one. Just throw that out there. But you set yourself up. I did, and, and it came out rough, and I'm just going to leave it in there because, hey, why not? Uh, but, hey, look, you picked – you picked this this team in the uh, in our draft last week, and so I know you're big on them. Tell me about this Dallas defense. What are you thinking, man? Give me give me the lowdown. Hey, look if you're if you're looking to play with a D, and it sounds like you are, okay, then Dallas's D is the big D, okay? That's the D to play with this week. Let me tell you something about them and last year's stats, okay? Dallas finished fifth in rushing yards allowed with 12 touchdowns and nine runs over 20 yards. That's pretty good. They allow 3.8 yards per rush. Their defense ranked 13 in yards allowed. And, and, and yeah, they got nine interceptions. Dallas allowed 7.4 yards per pass attempt and got 39 sacks. But, look, overall, cumulative, that was only 17th overall, which is why they're sitting real low right now on ADP. So here's some things to look at. Robert Quinn came to the Cowboys via trade this year with the yep. Dolphins, and he he got he had 15 sacks over the last two years. I know what a monster, yeah. Byron Jones played a high level in coverage, despite making some he made some mistakes in the deep passing game, but he is a very good coverage cornerback. Jalen Smith turned into a beast in his sophomore year in the league. Okay, uh, I I would say that there's some other studs out there that are really going to help out. Vanderesh. Yep, 140 tackles with seven defended passes and had two interceptions himself. Dallas has talent at all three levels of their defense, okay? But they need to create some more turnovers. Plus, they added a few more sacks. I think they got that. And they project as a top 10 fantasy trap right now, okay? So I think uh, it's important that if you are looking for a guy to play right now, uh, looking for a defense to play right now, you need to be playing Dallas Steve because they're going to play the Giants twice. They're going to play the Redskins twice. There's four big wins for them right there. So that's my that's my thinking. But let's talk about – let's stay in that division. And talk to me about Philly's D. Yeah, you know, I like to stream defenses. And so I look at early season schedule, and uh, I'm picking up Philly's D everywhere because they start with the Redskins. And I don't know if you've heard, but they suck. You know, maybe we haven't seen it yet, but I guarantee it. They're going to throw out Case Keenum with a ragtag group of wide receivers. Heck, Josh Doxson just got cut, and he was their first rounder just a few years ago. Now they're rolling out their Paul Richardson. They got a, a third rounder in Terry McLaurin. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even feel like listing the wide receivers. They got an old, old AP and Darius Geis, who I'm not sure that he's 100% yet. So you got a Philly D that likes to get up the field, likes to likes to attack the line and and get after the quarterback. I think you've got a, a recipe for success. You know, looking at several multiple sacks, three, four, five t- sacks or more. You're looking at a possibility of pressuring Keenum into interceptions, and we all know he likes to throw those when he's under pressure. You know, to me, that's a dream matchup for for them to go against one of the worst defenses in the league or worst offenses in the league, excuse me. And then another one that we've got if if they're available or if you're drafting and you're you're looking at a late defense, 
The Ravens' defense hasn't had the same cachet as they have in the past, but they're playing the Dolphins, guys. Fitzpatrick will air it out. If your league penalizes for yardage and it has huge penalties for yardage, maybe they're not your first choice But I think because I think Fitzpatrick is going to generate some yards on that offense. But the, the thing is, if you get lots of points for interceptions, if your turnovers are a key stat in your league and, and yards don't matter as much, I think you're about to hit the jackpot with the Ravens D playing the Dolphins. I mean, they're in Miami, so there's a little trepidation there compared to Dallas and Philly playing at home. But to me, give me the Ravens D if I can't get Dallas or Philly. Because I want to see what they do against that ragtag offensive line that just got rid of Tunsil. Against a, a running back and wide receiver core that no one wants to mess with. You know, I just, you know, that's a move that I could make. Hey, I think, I think I'm right there with you. I think Philly's D and the Ravens D and really much, pretty much any D that's playing the Redskins is Dolphins. You want a quick snapshot of what the XFL looks like? Go to the Washington Redskins. Go to the Miami Dolphins. Let me tell Nailed. you this. There's only one team right now that that uh, that that's scared of the Redskins and the Dolphins, uh, and, and they ain't even in the NFL, and that's the, that's the Tennessee Volunteers, okay? Because that's going to be a close game, all right? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you. Any any defense you want, just look over and see who they're playing. If they're playing the Redskins or Dolphins, pick them because they're just going to score. Exactly. Some and grab them, grab them a week early, folks. Go through the season streaming. Grab those defenses a week before they play the Redskins or Dolphins so that you've got them on your roster when that next week comes around. And you've got a, a monster uh, production week out of your defense for that one. Well, look, man, I think that about wraps it up. I'm already looking forward to next week when we'll actually have some of these depth charts shaken out. And hopefully we don't have too many injuries to discuss. I hate talking injuries. But look, we'll be recording next Tuesday, and hopefully I can get this dropped by Wednesday morning next week so you guys can take advantage of some of this information to make some waiver claims and roster moves. And, man, I sure appreciate you joining me, Jeff. Always good talking football with you. Yeah, buddy, thanks a lot. This is, this has been fantastic. I think uh, this is going to be a great season. We're going to see some fantastic football and uh, and and we're gonna see some teams really light it up, especially in that fantasy league. So if you're if you're the guy looking for us, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up uh, at at uh, the Rundown FF Pod, and uh, we'll be able to help you out there. Absolutely, man. Hey, look, I sure appreciate you coming on, man. It was a blast. I I loved recording this first episode. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening. And remember, together we run this. See you next week.